a lot of B2B marketers get stuck wondering how they can make a podcast work at their company. On this episode, the first in a two-part series, Justin and I will go through 20 things that we've learned since we've launched DemandGenU, so you can create a legit show even with a small team. DemandGenU is officially in session. Let's do it. Yeah, so I think this the first one I put down was, uh, and, and I think it really is the one of the most important things for somebody starting a podcast, is picking a topic you enjoy talking about. So whether you are the host of the show or you're trying to work with somebody who will be the host of the show, make sure you're picking something that either you enjoy talking about or y- your potential host or hosts enjoy talking about. Um, I, I just think in order to make anything successful in terms of consistency and longevity, you have to actually enjoy what you're doing. Uh, And there's been a lot of uh, either, whether it's even particular episodes, you know, there's just some that you enjoy doing more than others. And so even when we've planned this show, I always try to like work with you and Jason and figure out like, what are the exact things that you guys actually want to talk about? Because if you're not passionate about the thing, if you, I mean, I think, you know, you you record it and you'll just know when you're recording it, you're not really into it. Yeah, and I think the other thing is that most of the episodes that we've recorded, we always have one person who's really passionate about that topic. The gold is when you can find a topic where both people are really passionate about. And I I think the numbers back that up on some of our more popular episodes to date when you've had two people both really being passionate about that topic. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is when you're talking about like picking something that you actually enjoy, uh, I think a podcast can kind of serve two areas. It can it should absolutely serve toward your audience and helping them learn, but it should also be something you enjoy doing. I think if if we didn't enjoy doing the podcast, it would be very easy for that to fizzle out. I think um I think that's honestly probably why a lot of podcasts don't make it past that seven episode mark is because man, they are boring to record. They're a slog to get guests. It's a pain in the butt to do. We don't we know we should be doing it, quote unquote, but we don't really enjoy it. Um, and so, yeah, I think if you add a little bit of, uh, you know, enjoyment to the actual topic you're talking about, it's going to make it worth it. Yeah. And I know Jason would probably say the same thing if he was here, but there have been times, you know, every week is not all sunshine and rainbows and unicorns at metadata with the marketing team. Like there are shitty weeks. There's no way around it. We're normal marketers like anyone else who listens to this. Like it genuinely is a bright spot in our week when we get to record this and no matter what had happened or what you know, meeting we got crushed in or whatever happens that, you know, you come to record this and it kind of lightens the mood a little bit. And I think that's because of like the relationships that we all have with one another. And we try to make sure that there's going to be some entertainment value on each episode. It's not the same, you know, boring NPR (laughs) episode where it's so monotone and, you know, it's just uh, like watching paint dry. Yeah, we will. Uh, we will. Add, you'll probably notice as we get into this list, this these different themes will start to come up. But yeah, thousand percent. So let me uh, let me quiz you then. Which uh, which one are you going to go with uh, for number two here? So all right, I guess we if we don't have to go in order, I was already prepared for what number two was. Yeah, so you, you can. The yeah, next one. To you. yeah. Let's go with number two. And so I didn't really understand why this is so important, but number two was record five episodes before you launch. So we actually worked with a podcasting agency uh, in the background to kind of concept this show. And I think when we were working with them, this was right around the launch of Demands last year, and I think in like August timeframe, they had pitched together some concepts. We kind of took, 
you know, the best of all those concepts and formed it into what it is now. But one of the things that they recommended was having, you know, five episodes banked before you launched it. And it sounded like extra work at the time. And I didn't really know why you needed to do that. But it basically just gives you a ton of slack to start the show off with so that, you know, the stat that we mentioned at the beginning where most podcast episodes die after seven, well, if you pre-record five of them and your podcast dies after the next two, like that's on you. But if you, you know, are just getting started, it's nice to have some of that slack when you go live with the podcast. And uh, we go through cycles throughout this. In fact, we're at one of those points where we're trying to make up some of the slack. It's always nice to have some episodes banked because the end goal is just to be consistently publishing each and every single week and showing up. And without having those five episodes before you launch, it really makes it difficult to get started. Yeah, we'll hit the uh, we'll hit a little bit more on that later. But I think absolutely the other thing too with this, and it may I actually heard somebody talk about this uh, over the weekend was the idea because we use the podcast obviously for podcasting feeds like Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts and all that. But we also do it on YouTube, and the thing and not everybody had we at least had an existing YouTube channel. But when you record those five, you can take those clips out and actually have a good starting point to like potentially launch a YouTube channel or even a, a sub channel for the show if you want. Um, and that's actually best practice too, is when you're launching a show um, or a channel on YouTube to actually like legitimately have at least five videos that are on that channel versus just one. So people can actually see that, Hey, there's more stuff here that I could listen to. That was actually one of the things that was, I believe suggested before we launched, we didn't necessarily do it, but like to have a few shows that you even go out with so that after somebody listens to one, they're like, man, I want more. Maybe you even give them a few more to listen to as they launch. Learn something new every every episode. Wow, tongue twister. (laughs) I didn't realize that that was a thing. So that's awesome. Alrighty, next one. Yeah, so number three, have a dedicated owner. Uh, This one is huge. I think like most things, if, uh, if they don't have a dedicated owner, they're going to fail. Uh, if you have two people owning a project, it's probably not going to work out that well. There's a reason why Asana only lets you put one face uh, toward one card <laughs> because uh, they want you to uh, to hone in and have somebody actually own the thing. And I think like for the podcast, that's huge too. For uh, for some people, if you're outsourcing that to an agency, hey, you're having the agency own it. They're, they're running the show for you, but hey, you at least have somebody dedicated and running that for you. Uh, for us, that's that's me here. Uh, I'm running the show and, and really keeping everything on track. Um, but yeah, you ha- you absolutely have to have an owner to to make that thing work. All right, so I'm going to cheat here a little bit because I don't need to answer that question since you are the dedicated owner. And instead of 20 things, we're going to do 21 things that we've learned <laughs> doing 20 podcast episodes. So you created the outline, you put together all these things. Maybe what's one thing that's not on here that caught you by surprise that you learned from being the dedicated owner for Demandio New? Um, I think I obviously should have known it heading in, but um, just because it's my number one priority doesn't mean it's you and Jason's number one priority. <laughs> so I think like that's the the big thing too is when I'm not um, necessarily running my own show or I'm running shows for other people we've got a million other things going on. And just because it's a top priority for content and we would all agree, absolutely agree um, that this is one of the main things we're doing. There's a lot of stuff going on and we're still, you know, now, you know, getting to be a a bigger team. But, you know, when we launched this, a team of three launching this podcast and trying to do it. And so 
I think that was just my biggest learning and trying to like be able to work with you and Jason. And like you kind of mentioned in the beginning, it's not all sunshines and rainbows. Like we get a show out consistently, no. but man, it takes a lot of work to, uh, to get something out. And we, you know, we work with, uh, with outside people to help us get the content and, and you know, get all put together and get it out there. But yeah, no, I was, uh, I was literally cutting clips in a hotel, uh, you know, last week. So that's how, that's how it works. Well, and then I think the other thing is it took us a bit, you know, not just from a, a recording perspective, but I think it, it took us a little bit from a operating perspective to really hit our stride. And that's to be expected. But once you have started to make it look easy, you mentioned the sauna earlier, like one of the things that we've had to remind Jason lately is, hey, Justin has a whole lot going on with the Mansion U that's not just in the background. It's something that we have to account for each week. So it's almost like you're a victim of your own success to a degree because you've made it look so easy when we're like, no, 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 no. Like there's still a fair amount of work that goes into it. And you can't forget about that when you're resource planning. Hey, I'll take the compliment, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's <laughs> absolutely because it's not only, I mean, at any given time, I might be working on three or four episodes, whether it's planning, scheduling, getting something out and, and going on to the next one. So yeah, it's it's definitely a lot of work, um, but yeah, trying to uh, trying to get everybody on the same page, a lot of coordinating, a lot of figuring out. It's um, you know, it's it's the side of like the creative side of like getting something out, but then it's also like the super boring side of like project management and making sure everything's set and planned and aligned. And um, so yeah, that was a uh, that was definitely a, a, a big learning for me. So I dig it. All right, well, change the title to 21 Things That We Learned because that was good. <laughs> so next one, and this was very intentional on our end as we were coming up with the concepts with Lemon Pie, the podcasting agency. Conversations are much easier to create than interviews. And I think we, when we were reading through some of those concepts, almost every podcast out there today is an interview style format where the person or company hosting the podcast interviews some other non-employee and they're kind of positioned as the the expert or really just the focus of the interview and you don't really get to you know show off not just the people but what's going on within you know your own company so for us we thought it was much easier from a logistical perspective and from just the relationship that Jason and I have and you and I have and really the, the rest of the marketing team has. And you'll see more of them as we record more episodes. But it's just been so much easier to pick a single topic and really go deep on that topic with somebody that you know because our like gripe with most of the other podcasts out there was you know, even when they do interview style podcasts, they talk about a million things at a surface level and you don't really go deep on any one of them. Yeah, I, it was totally, uh, it was selfish on, you know, pulled behind the curtain here, selfish on, on my part. Um, I had done like a, a very small sort of version of, of this when I was a TechSmith too. And it just made, you know, probably when we hit it right around this mark, like around the 25 plus episode mark, people started commenting and saying, hey, I just love the conversations. Like we had two different shows. We had one show that was more interview, uh, traditional style, and one show that was just the, you know, simple conversations. And I think what you don't get in the more interview style is you don't get to know the people behind the show. Uh, one of the reasons, you know, pick a pick a most popular podcast, the reason you probably enjoy them is because at the end of the day, you probably feel like you get to know them to where if you saw them in the street, you'd be like, oh, I already know enough about so-and-so. Like, 
even though they've never met me, I feel like I know what they like. I feel like I know how they talk. That's what makes podcasting so interesting is it's, it's intimate in that way. And so that's what I kind of wanted to reproduce um, with Metadata Show, even though literally uh, that was not the type of show <laughs> that, we, that we got pitched at all. So I was like, uh, I actually want to do something different. Um, I think it makes for a different sort of just content strategy, which is unique. We're always trying to do so- different things at Metadata, but then also it allows us to really show off the, uh, the experts that we have, um, which not every show does. Yeah. And I think there's, there's been a bunch of these, but there's one in particular where I, I laughed when somebody sent the gong recording, but it was one of our target accounts took a, you know, it was a a demo with us and their head of marketing had been listening to DGU for, you know, as many episodes as we had at that point. And she said something to the extent of where's Mark and Jason. And I forget who the AE was, but the AE was like, uh, working. She was like, Oh, like I just kind of assumed that they'd be on the demo after, you know, listening to all these episodes. And yes, is that a funny, unique example for sure. But when we're, you know, building uh, relationships uh, for our sales team, you know, with people that we've never met before and kind of warming people up, like you can't measure that. That's the whole goal of the podcast. Yeah, no, totally. It's, it's one of those things that, um, it almost makes too much, now that I've done it a few times, it almost makes too much sense. Like, I totally see the other side of the coin. Like, I've had conversations with other podcasters, other companies, to where, hey, like, interviewing prospects, interviewing, um, you know, people in your ICP, getting their expertise, building those relationships with them. From a podcast perspective, as, like, um, just using it almost as, like, a nurturing sort of thing. That totally makes sense. Like, I get that. But I think in terms of like moving a company away from like what you would traditionally do as like, quote unquote, thought leadership, like blog content or something like that, like that's something we've had those conversations too between me, you and Jason, where it's like, hey, you don't have to do a thought leadership blog because you're literally doing thought thought leadership. You're giving your opinions. That's what I call it. You're giving your opinions every single week. Uh, It's just recorded and put on a show. Yeah. I love giving opinions more than thought leadership yeah, because I'm, I think thought you. leadership is so reused. Yeah. And then I think the the last thing on this before we get to the next one is, you know, you've been on quite a few podcasts before. Jason has, I have. And in my own experience, maybe when I was just starting to get asked to be on podcasts, I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Like, why the hell would somebody want to talk to me? And then you record an episode and th- at the end of it, they're like, oh, and we'd like to try and set up a meeting for your, you know, whatever they're selling. It's like, oh, okay. Like you kind of bamboozled me there. Like, I don't really want to do that. So I think for us, like, you know what the intent is behind the podcast. There's entertainment, there's value, there's, you know, tactical things that we're trying to, to share with you. And then also what are the things that we're learning and messing up and kind of building in public? And I think it's just the the authentic, like raw nature of those conversations mm-hmm. that have made this, you know, stand out. Yeah. 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 And, and, th- and, you know, I don't even, I don't even know if it's on this list, but maybe we'll make it 22. That, that's another thing, right? Like be authentic, like be real. That, that's the whole reason you should do a podcast and, you know, don't, don't button it up to where it's this, you know, perfect little thing. Don't feel like you have to have it perfect out the gate. Maybe we'll get to that at some point, but um, yeah, de- yep. definitely. The, the authenticity is what makes, uh, makes this show fun. Um, this one, uh, when we talk about project management, oh, number man. five, this one, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll, we'll admit we're, we're good at good in some cases and bad in others, uh, create a recording schedule, uh, and then in parentheses and stick to it. So, um, I can speak a little bit to that. Uh, and we've gone, you know, we've gone back and forth, but I think trying to 
record a podcast ad hoc, terrible idea. Like, hey, whenever we get a little free time, hey, whenever we do, uh, you know, it, it will it will absolutely never work. Something will always come up. Something will always be more important um, or feel more important than just recording a podcast. Uh, you'll get to Friday. You'll be burned out. You won't want to do it. Uh, Mondays are too busy. So like we've tried different times, like legitimately like different days, different times. Um, and just, we're still trying to figure that out. But I think for the most part, if you can stick to a schedule 80% of the time, make sure you've got that planned out. Cause what that also do, and I'm sure you can talk to this a little bit, Mark, but like that allows you to outline the episode at us also at a certain time during the week and preview and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, glad that you went there because I was going to come at it from that angle, which was, you know, your, just to give everybody a little bit more perspective. So aside from doing everything that you do with the podcast, like post-production and really being the quarterback for all of that, you are looking into the analytics behind what's performing well, what's not performing well. You're kind of maintaining that backlog of potential topics. You're slotting them in, making sure that we find the right balance between straight up, you know, paid media stuff and just general demand gen and, and general marketing stuff. And what I do is I take those inputs and you slot them into, hey, this week we're recording on this topic and I have to build that outline out. Usually I would say eight, nine times out of 10. And sometimes Jason does it, but mostly <laughs> me. And for me, one of the big things that I learned was from the start, you know, we've been recording lately, uh, typically on on Wednesdays. Uh, Wednesdays, uh, what, like kind of morning or midday? I feel like it's changed a little bit. Yep. And then we, uh, we literally just moved it to Thursdays because we're trying not to work on Wednesday or not work, not yeah. meet on Wednesdays. And, <laughs> Definitely work. And for, <laughs> for me, what I learned was, yes, it's not just showing up and, you know, the day of trying to put a, an outline together and then it moved from that to block off an hour before, uh, you know, that day. So on Tuesday and try to put it together. And then what I've learned recently is there's been so much stuff that we've doing all at once. And so many like fire drills that happen. If you're waiting until the day before to put that outline together, that's even a little bit risky. So what I've been trying to do is block time off on Mondays after you've slotted in, Hey, what, these are the next four episodes that we'll be recording on and giving yourself enough buffer so that when things blow up and shit happens because it always does that you're then not, you know, shooting yourself in the foot when it's the day of and you don't have a podcast outline. Yep. Thousand percent. Um, having, <clears throat> having that sort of time laid out to, for both like before, during and after, um, that, that makes a huge difference. And actually I'm going to skip a few here, uh, in the list mark. Cause I, I think the next one is going to tie in and I'm going to go, um, plan time to pick mm -hmm. the best, sound bites and clips because like Mark's saying on his side, um, you know, it takes time before to be able to really, uh, sort of plan out the outline, figure what that is. But then you've got this whole other side of it, which is distribution and making sure people actually are able to, if they're not listening to the full podcast, actually know the podcast exists. And so for us, that means cutting up the clips, cutting up the videos for YouTube, um, and, and for me, I've really found that it just works best if somebody internal is owning that you can outsource that. I think we talked about this before on different episodes, but if you're owning that, you know, you know, you know, your audience, you know, your host better than anybody else. So you can try to find, um, the best stuff that, that's going to go out there. So for those who haven't listened to that episode where we talked about this, I think it's a good reminder to share what we get out of each episode just so that people know. And I think before I kick it back over to you, the disclaimer is if we weren't doing all of that work that you're doing post, you know, recording, 
we would not be doing a podcast because we are not doing a podcast for the single episode. It's all the other stuff that you repurpose it into. Yep. Thousand percent. So for us, and again, this is not science. Like this is pure art and us figuring out what works and what does what doesn't. For us, we do a single takeaway written piece, call it a blog, call it whatever you want, that summarizes the the post where if somebody doesn't want to listen to a 40 minute episode, they can kind of get the takeaways and see if they do wanna uh wanna check that out. We also do uh four social clips. You obviously could do way more if you wanted. For us, four seems to work uh for a weekly show. And then we put out two to three YouTube videos every single week that take the best content that might um, be more standalone. So you're thinking, you know, five to seven minutes where we really cover a chunk and a topic. We bust that out and create a subset of YouTube videos. So that's what we do. Um, but, you know, it's not uh, it's not a, a perfect science. We're, we're learning as we go. But um, but yeah, the, re- the whole reason we want to do the podcast is we can do a consistent podcast so we can consistently distribute the, the content out. That, that's why we do that. And then I think, what were we at? 21 things, 22 things. Now it's going to be 23 things. Um, whatever, we'll figure it out. So the other thing that we learned, and it's something that we're just not doing well right now, and I say we're, it's myself and Jason, it's we have all of these clips that we can use and we just we can still get more out of the content than we're currently getting right now. So one of the things that Jason and I you know, want to start doing, there's just too much going on right now, is block off time to batch more posts using all the different clips that we have from the podcast because we are sitting on so many unused clips from our own accounts. You know, we get a whole lot of uh, mileage out of it from the company metadata account, but I know I can be doing a better job and Jason can too of, of publishing those clips on LinkedIn and creating more posts because we're sitting on a gold mine. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing, I mean, and again, this is where I like just doing like really simple math just to kind of open people's eyes. But yeah, if you're doing four, you know, if you're doing four clips, social clips, and you've got 20 episodes of a podcast, you have 80 clips that you can put out on social, you know, like a lot of content can come out of these and it can start to really compound over time. And so, yeah, what you said, always, even on the, on the company account, we do this, we roll back to old episodes and repost those out because we're constantly getting new followers or somebody might've seen it six months ago, but now it's, you know, it's just as good enough to share, uh, again now. So we, we do that consistently, uh, kind of across the board. I forget if you made this up, if you did props on you, if you didn't, <laughs> I hope props I on did. whoever made it up, but you, I'll give you credit. Uh, but you said you, said or really just opened up my eyes, I guess is the, the, the point here to how many times that you publish something that your audience doesn't actually see and needing to get over that feeling of, well, uh, didn't they already see this? Well, nine times out of 10, probably not. So it's going to look new to somebody and really to most people when you publish. So once you got me to accept that, then it became more easy for me to you know get stuff out there and, and potentially sound repetitive. Yep. But you don't sound nearly as repetitive as you think that you might when you're posting stuff. Yeah, that that's an. I mean, we're, we go on a whole. I mean, uh, we'll bring yeah. it back. Don't worry, everybody. we'll bring it back. But yeah, you could you <laughs> could you could go. Um, yeah, a whole tangent just on on repetition, being able to repeat yourself. But yeah, absolutely. When you nobody nobody cares. There's so much when you're ta- <laughs> when you're talking about social. Um, unless it's like a blog post or like a YouTube video that might compete for some sort of like organic search stuff, like nobody cares. There's so much content getting put out every single day that Mm -hmm. if you post something and then repost it, I I mean, honestly, like three weeks from now, like people just, there's so much going on that people, you know, 
it, it won't phase them. So, all right. Well, I'll bring it back. Uh, we'll go. We'll, <laughs> we'll bring it back to uh, to the podcast here um, and what we've learned. So this one we I touched on it, um, but it, it, it's key. Uh, it's probably one of the main reasons people fail, and it's that they don't make the podcast an actual priority. And that was something that pretty early on, like I remember me and you had had this conversation where it's like, hey, like I know we want to do this, but just so you know, we're going to have to make it a thing. Like it's got to be a main staple to what we do. And if anybody has seen or kind of heard me talk about Metadata's content strategy, I always talk about it as like a media first strategy. We go in with uh, definitely the podcast number one, I would go with like video and YouTube as like a second and then written and blogs third. It's not that there's, I have anything against uh, written content, but I just think in terms of being able to like, again, cut up and distribute that, um, it, it, it needs to be a priority. And unless it's a, a priority for your, your team, it's probably not going to last. And I think you and I were, very much on the same page when we got started with this, that this was going to become, you know, I would say the number one priority of our content strategy because we would show up consistently, we would repurpose it, and it would just fuel everything that we were doing. Now, if Jason listens to this, and if not, I'm going to send this clip to him. I personally think that he said that it was a priority for us when we first got started, but it was really hard for him to see, was this priority worth it? Mm. And it took us, you know, I forget how many episodes we have out right now. This is episode 27. We probably have, what, is this the 20-ish episode that we have out? Yeah, we're, yeah. yeah. Somewhere around there. It took us probably, I don't know, this is all a hunch here, but probably like 11 or 12 episodes to really start to hit a stride and start to see the feedback and positive feedback that we were getting, like, just pick up continually and each week there were more comments and more DMs and more whatever. And it wasn't until that started to happen where Jason, the light bulb went on for him and he told us, he goes, all right, this is a priority. And you're like, yeah, it has been. <laughs> and this is why we got to keep on it and keep our feet on the gas. So yeah, I'll get off my soapbox. Yeah. A thousand percent. And and I think it is just key. So, cause it's, it always sounds easier than it is. We're literally talking about, you know, possibly doing something else uh, in the future. But it's like whenever you want to add something else onto what you're already doing, that sounds great, but make sure you have the infrastructure, make sure you have it in place to where it actually can be consistent. I mean, that's the biggest thing is, in my mind, is consistency. When the audience starts to see, oh, okay, they're actually going to do this week after week and actually, oh, they're going to con- you know, consistently put out this content, cool, I'll hop on. Versus a lot of these, I mean, you know, a lot of these shows, you know, I might listen to an episode two and then they don't record again ever. And it's just like, oh, okay. Uh, I wish I wouldn't have kind of hopped on that train. Another so. one in the podcast graveyard, which is a pretty big graveyard. Lot, yeah. Lots in the podcast <laughs> graveyard. So we are, we're, uh, we're running out of, out of time, but uh, I, I will kind of maybe rapid fire on these ones. We've touched on this a little yep. bit. So number seven, record uh, with video and put it on YouTube. So I touched on that a little bit, but if you are just recording audio, you're selling yourself short. Um, I hope nobody's really doing that. I think a lot of podcast strategies sort of lead with uh, the video in there too. But if you have, if, you, if you're recording the audio, you might as well record the video. Um, and I said, put it on YouTube, but yeah, man, also put that on social get that out there, reuse them. Um, it's a, it's a huge, uh, a huge advantage. I'll take the next one. And this is perfect timing because we are right in the middle of this cycle and doing this right now. So batch record episodes, especially with summer vacations. So there are times where, you know, 
other things are added to our plates and maybe we're not able to record an episode in that given week or maybe we're not able to double up. So what we're trying to do over the next few weeks here is really batch together a bunch of episodes to not just get back on schedule, but get ahead of schedule because there will always be times where you just can't get around to this and uh, we like having some slack. So funny story, up until recently, I... I actually told Justin to lie to Jason about how much slack we had because I didn't want Jason to get too comfortable and be like, oh yeah, we're fine. Uh, but we did just tell him that we ran out of slack. So we're going to have to uh, create some more slack and then lie again. <laughs> yeah, I love it. The amount of times uh, I've been told that, uh, just keep that to yourself. So yeah, no, I, but it is like, again, and anybody who's like actively trying to produce a show or create a show, like you, you'll quickly understand uh the benefit of batching um it's i feel like it's more so with with these kind of multimedia things versus even like traditional blogging just because like to have that slack you're you're reliant like we talked about you're reliant on other people a lot of times especially if you're getting guests and interviews what if an inter- like we don't have to deal with this very often but what if an interview falls through what if a, you know there's so many things in motion so i think yeah um having having a bunch batched to where you can actually go on vacation and chill uh is, is a benefit um, cool. So I'll wrap with the last one, number 10 for this part one episode. Um, and it is something we actively try to do and that's ask for and implement, implement listener feedback. Um, every, uh, comment that we possibly can see on LinkedIn, anything that comes through, uh, on a review, um, anything we can kind of even have in conversations. I've asked people in conversations, um, that I know listen to the show and, and they've given me, you know, legit feedback in terms of what we're doing. So, um, we do anybody listening, we take your feedback seriously. And so always feel free to give it. Yeah. The suggestion box is actually red, uh, which I feel like is not usually the case at most companies. Yeah, absolutely. So sweet. That is, uh, that's the top 10. All right. Well, thanks for listening to part one. We are going to keep recording and start part two here in a second. So we'll see you, uh, next week when we, uh, we release part two for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Demand Gen U. If you want to hear more, make sure to subscribe to get future episodes. You can also submit a specific topic you want us to talk about by DMing us on LinkedIn. If you like the show or want to share feedback, please leave us a review. It'll help us keep improving and get the word out to other marketers just like you. This podcast is brought to you by Metadata, the first demand generation platform that launches paid campaigns that self-optimize to revenue. If you're looking for a tool that makes it easier for you to build audiences, launch paid campaigns, and experiment at scale, you'll love Metadata. B2B marketers at Zoom, Okta, and ThoughtSpot use Metadata to automate the time-consuming parts of running paid campaigns so they can focus on the things that matter.